Thanks for listening to the podcast from Old Town Church in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Old Town Church is passionate about making disciples for the glory of God in Old Town and around the world by inviting people to know the gospel, experience biblical community, and live on mission. If you're in the Rock Hill area, we invite you to join us for worship every Sunday. If you're not in our area, we encourage you to find a gospel-believing church near you. We hope this podcast is a blessing to you as we seek to follow Jesus and the grace of his gospel. Thanks for listening. Well, good morning. We're going to be in Psalm 147, verses 1 through 11. Praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God, for it is pleasant and a song of praise is fitting. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the outcasts of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He determines the number of the stars. He gives to all of them their names. Great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. The Lord lifts up the humble. He casts the wicked to the ground. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Make melody to our God on the lyre. He covers the heavens with clouds. He prepares rain for the earth. He makes grass grow on the hills. He gives to the beasts their food and to the young ravens that cry. His delight is not in the strength of the horse, nor his pleasure in the legs of a man, but the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him, in those who hope in his steadfast love. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I have a memory one time of Caleb grabbing your earrings, Megan. Do you remember that when he was... It was a necklace. Okay, yeah, yeah. Love it. Love it. He did, did, did great that time. Hey, uh, listen, first of all, if you're like, oh man, now Matthew's going to talk forever. This is more of like a devo, okay? This is going to be a short, we're going to get in God's word together um, for a short amount of time. And kids, I just want to say this to you guys. Uh, if there's any room left on the table and adults for you to like color on like as I'm reading through this scripture, like draw pictures of what you hear us talking about. Um, and I would love to see some of those pictures afterwards. So come get me and show me what you drew uh, uh, if, if it's appropriate. And so, um, but here's, this is, this is what we're doing this morning is taking just a few minutes. Listen, stories are important. And so as these, I mean, honestly, it's so, um, I, something I'm so thankful for, for the people that just got up here and were willing to talk about part of their stories is they're still in the middle. They're still in the middle of it. Like it's not over all the way yet. Like things are not completely resolved and it is hard. It is in the very messy middle. And, and I just want to invite you, first of all, to talk with some of these people, maybe at another time, give them a, you know, a little bit of a break for today, but like to hear their stories, but also understand that each one of you has a story as well. And, and there's different degrees of what we, we feel like we're walking through. Like, I haven't walked through anything like they are. But, but you're, what you are walking through is something that the Lord has given you as well. And so uh, I, I just want to encourage you, just like Brooke was saying there at the end, just to, to press into community and, and be willing to be vulnerable, even though it's super risky. And sometimes you get burnt when you do that. And that's just the reality of it. But part of the way that we can grow together as a faith family is not by me just telling you to do certain things, but by each one of you 
pressing in to do the things that you know is necessary for us to become the family that we're going to become. And so it's, it's, a, it's a family effort uh, for us to be that. And I'm so thankful for so many who are willing just to, to walk us through the middle of their story right now. Now, uh, this is what we're doing, Psalm 147. I've, for some reason, the Lord brought this psalm to mind a couple of months ago. And as we approach this day, I just wanted us to walk through it really briefly. And so here's our big idea. All right, big idea is this. The object of our thanksgiving is a God who loves us deeply. Like the object, the one that we are giving thanks to, the object of our thanksgiving is actually a God who loves us very deeply. And we heard so much about that even in just these last moments. And at our very first Thanksgiving service here at OTC, like I know some of you walked in and were like, whoa, what are we doing today? Like we just try and set this day aside as a special day for us to uh, just to fellowship together and eat together, but also just praise the Lord for what he's done. At our very first service, Jamie Armstrong shared something that has stuck with me for years. And, and she was talking about how God is the giver of these gifts, like these things we experience. He's the giver of those gifts. And, and that uh, sometimes we experience, uh, you know, that we can start valuing the gifts over the giver. And she said this thing, and it has stuck with me for these years. If all the gifts were taken away, we still have the giver and he is enough. And, and it's just this, this he, we still have the giver and he is enough. The object of our thanksgiving is the giver himself. And he's a God who loves us very deeply. And so uh, in, in Psalm 147, we're going to learn about that God. And in verse one, it says this, and this is just first point, the Lord is deserving of all of our praise. Now you expected that when you came to church, like surely I'm going to say that, but this is the reality that he is actually deserving of all of our praise. Uh, it says this in verse one, praise the Lord for it is good to sing praises to our God. It's pleasant and a song of praise is fitting. All right. It says, praise the Lord. This is a command, by the way. It's not just like a, this is not just this guy saying this, like, hey, praise the Lord. This is a command to you. It's a command to us to praise the Lord, to actually lift his name up. It's, it's like saying you should praise the Lord. This is what you should do. We should praise the Lord. It's a command to us. And he says, because it is good. It's pleasant. The, the idea here is that it's, it's good for us to sing praises to God. It's good for us to think praises to God. It's good for us to talk with one another uh, in praising the Lord as we do that. It's, it, it's pleasing to us. It develops delight in us. There is a, there's actually this healing work that comes as we sing and say and think and write the praises of the Lord to ourselves and to one another. It's refreshing. It restores us. It's, it's good. It's pleasant. The, the words here in, in a different language, it's lovely is what it says. It's lovely to sing praises to our God. But it also says it's fitting. And I, I, love, I like studied this phrase for a little bit because I thought that was interesting. Like, and it's also fitting that we sing praises to the Lord. And I think it's, it's fitting for two reasons. One, it's fitting, first of all, because we were created to worship him. Like that's actual our, that's our actual purpose here on this earth that we were created for our lives to be reflected back in praise to our creator. Uh, we were meant to live for him, for his glory, not for ourselves. And so it's actually fitting that the creation would sing praise to the creator. That's why we were created. And this is also why in your life, when you're, when you're living for yourself, you're living for your own praise, you're living for your own accumulation of things, when those gifts become greater than the giver himself, that we actually start to shrivel up and deteriorate, right? Like that's when we start getting worn down. That's when we start getting uh, just beat down in life. We, we, we start to shrivel up a little bit because we're not doing what we were intended to do, which is praise our creator. We're wanting the glory for ourselves. So that's one reason it's fitting, but the other reason and the most obvious one 
is that it's, it's fitting and proper to sing praises to the Lord because he is worthy of the praise. Like he deserves that praise. When we sing holy, 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 or any other song we sing, or anything that these people said that is true of God, it's fitting of him. He is worthy of that. He deserves those things to be said about him because they are true of him. There are not enough words for us to describe his worth and his value. And so we, we try and put them to songs. We try and write them down. We try and say them to each other. But we couldn't do that enough and ever hit that moment where like, all right, we just gave God the last bit of praise he was worthy of. No, 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 no. For eternity, we will continue to sing the praises of the Lord, to experience the presence of the Lord and delight in him. And every single bit of it will be fitting. It will be proper. It will be exactly what he deserves. So the Lord is deserving of our praise. And then in verse two through six, I think we see that the Lord heals the brokenhearted. And it says it there. It says, the Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the outcasts of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He determines the number of the stars. He gives to them all their names. Great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. The Lord lifts up the humble. He casts the wicked to the ground. The Lord heals the brokenhearted. We just heard story after story of that. But I, notice the people in these verses. Like in verses 2 and 3, what do we learn about the people? Well, they're, they're outcasts. They're brokenhearted. They're wounded. And what does God do? Well, he, he builds them up. He gathers the outcast. He heals the brokenhearted. He binds up the wounds of the brokenhearted. Psalm 34 tells us that God's people will experience pain and affliction and suffering, but that when we cry out to him, he sees us and he hears us. Go read Psalm 34 this week. It's a really good one. And it has one of my favorite verses, taste and see that the Lord is good, that there's this experience of the goodness of the Lord, but it tells us that he's near to the brokenhearted. And church, there's this reality that we live in a broken world with, with broken people, broken relationships, broken hearts, broken bodies, broken hopes, broken trust. But our God comes near to the broken. We can cry out to him in our brokenness and he sees us. It says in Psalm 34, he hears us and he comes near to us to bring us healing, to bind up our wounds, it says here in Psalm 147. I love that. Like kids, kids, y'all look at me real quick. All right. Has there been a time where you got like a really bad cut or a scrape? Like, can I see those hands? I see there's only one of you, two. I see, yes, back there in the back, yes. I see, yes, okay, yeah. All right, you know, like I had this moment where I was a kid and I might've told some of y'all this story before, but we were doing a slip and slide, all right? And uh, we had it going down the hill in our yard and we were rolling, right? This thing was going fast. And so I jumped on and I slid down and I got to the bottom and hands first, you know, and then I got up and there was a piece of bark stuck in my hand. And I looked in it. And there were two nails. Someone had nailed nails into, the, into a tree and the bark had fallen off and the nails were sticking out. And there was two rusty nails with bark nailed into my hand, left hand right here. And so I, I went to my dad because I was like, ah, you know, what do, I, what do I do? I don't know what to do. And my dad was so, he was like, oh man, hey, everything's going to be okay. Let me have a look at that. Oh yeah, this is fine. And he just pulled, he was like trying to settle me down and so he could yank that thing out of my hand, right? And then he very tenderly, uh, my dad is really good at caring for wounds. I was a boy scout. He was an Eagle scout, I guess. So this is his thing. And he's really good at that. And so he like took my hand and he, we cleaned it all out and he took really good care of it. He, he was binding up my wounds. There's nothing quite like that, that care of a parent caring for your 
your wounds in that way, putting that Band-Aid on that scrape or that cut, you know, when they pick you up on the counter and set you down and, and fix everything. There's something about that. Well, listen, we can go to God with our hurt in the same way that we go saying, oh, it hurts so bad. And we're met with tenderness and compassion. This isn't a God who was like, why are you slip and sliding down the hill that fast? You know, it's not, no, no, no. He, he, he meets us with such great compassions and he, he heals and he restores. And how can we trust him to actually be capable of bringing that healing, of bringing that restoration? Verses four and five, it says this, he, here's how, here's the God who's healing you. He's the one who determines the number of the stars. He gives to all of them their names. Great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. How can we trust him? Well, this is what we know is that these verses are a testament to his immeasurable power, his immense capability to bring that healing. He can do anything, nothing, not even naming every single one of the stars is beyond his measure. There is nothing that you can bring to God that he cannot heal, that he cannot restore, that he cannot fix. God, it's what he does. He brings healing. He brings restoration. This is the God that we turn to. And so we turn to him in our brokenness. We can be confident in him to be perfectly, to give us exactly what we need. Now, let's be honest. A lot of times we go to God and say, here's what's wrong and here's what I think I need. And, and so I want you to give that to me. And, and God is actually going to say, that's what you want to happen. Now, let me give you what you actually need. And so I want to address here a moment where you might go to God and feel like he didn't do what I needed him to do. And I just want to carefully and kindly correct you that the God whose wisdom is beyond measure uh, actually was going to give you what you needed, not just what you wanted. And so I, there is a gap there sometimes between what you expect and what, you actually, what actually happened. And I'm there to tell you that God's sovereignty fills that gap for you. And so you can trust him because his wisdom is beyond power, uh, beyond measure, and his power is abundant, giving us exactly what we need. And so church, and all four of these people who just shared their stories, and so many of you could share these same stories. So you go to him, you run to him, you throw yourself at his feet. You can run just like I did with my dad when that bark was stuck in my hand, just crying like, what do I do? Do run to the Lord in the same way. We go to him in the midst of, I hate to say this to you, but some of you are about to experience a 2024 that you did not see coming. You're not planning on what's about to happen. And I hate that for you. And that might be me I'm talking about. But in these moments, before that moment comes, we can know that when it does come, and inevitably it will, whether it's 2024, 2025, whatever, that we can run to the Lord and that we can also come to each other and say, I just, man, I need prayer right now. I need you to remind me of the truth of the goodness of God in these moments. And so we can turn to him, run to him, cry out to him because the Lord heals the brokenhearted. And then finally in verses seven through 11, we can see that the Lord graciously provides for his creation. Listen to these verses. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving, make melody to our God on the lyre, which I don't think we have one of those, but if we have any lyre players, uh, we're in for it. And so come see me after service. Uh, he covers the heavens with clouds. He prepares the rain for the earth. He makes grass grow on the hills. He gives to the beasts their food and to the young ravens that cry. His delight 
Listen to this. His delight is not in the strength of the horse, nor his pleasure in the legs of a man. But the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him and those who's hope, who hope uh, in his steadfast love. Now, kids and adults, again, listen to me. I have a picture I want you to draw, okay? These verses are here, so y'all draw me a picture, all right? And, and show it to me after service, because listen to what these verses are showing us. All right, so kids, this one's for you. So kids, answer me on this one. What's something that's wet that comes down from the clouds? Rain, just say it out loud, rain, all right? Now, what happens to plants and vegetables when they get good rain? They grow, right? They grow. And then who likes to eat plants and vegetables? Vegetables animals, right? Not vegetarians, animals, right? Like, so, so listen, and that's fine too. This is for them as well. Uh, so, so listen to what these verses say. There's this linear progression of what the psalmist is showing us. The Lord puts the clouds in the heavens and the rain comes down from the clouds and it helps the plants and vegetation grow and it feeds the beasts and the ravens that cry. Like he's showing the Lord's good provision for plants and for animals, all right? He's providing for his creation, the one who knows every star by name and provides for the animals, most certainly is attentive to your cry and your needs. If he's caring, Cesar was talking about this from, I think it's from the Sermon on the Mount, but we'll find it later, wherever that was that you were talking about, where, the, where he's caring for the, the lilies of the field and clothing them. So we don't have to worry about what's going to happen tomorrow. Like the Lord cares for you and is going to provide for you. And ultimately he wants us to come to him not trust in ourselves. So verses 10 and 11 are this weird, like, okay, you're caring for the beasts of the field. And then it says, you don't care about the strength of the horse or the legs of a man. Okay. That's kind of a weird phrase, but what he's saying is the Lord doesn't take pleasure in, in our own strength. Like a horse is strong. We measure cars power by the number of horses that it would take. I don't really, I'm not good with cars, but it's something about lots of horses and that car means it goes fast. And so, but he also says, the Lord doesn't delight in the legs of a man. And this isn't like, well, see the calves on that one. Like that's not what he's talking about here. In our, that's our power. Our legs, like every sport you play, your, your power is coming from your legs. What he's saying is, I don't take, I don't delight in your own strength. Who does the Lord delight in? Verse 11, he takes pleasure in those who fear him and those who hope in his steadfast love. God doesn't delight in our strength. He's not impressed with that, what he actually wants is us to come to him and depend on him. He, he delights in us when we trust him, when we hope in him. And so as we, as we bring this to a close this morning, I just wanna say this, like your ultimate need has been met. The ultimate need that you have, that ultimate provision that you need, that provision of your need for eternity, not just your time on earth, that need has been met. One of the things that we can praise God for this morning is the provision and healing that he's offered to our spiritual brokenness. That in the midst of our sinfulness, God provided his son to die for us on the cross. Jesus provided for us in himself through his suffering on our behalf. He paid the penalty for our sins so that we could be restored back to a right relationship with God. He brought the ultimate healing to our brokenness so that we can spend eternity with the Lord, just delighting in him forever and ever and ever and ever. And so we hope in him. We don't trust in our own ability. We don't count on our own, on our own strength 
to do this? No, the Lord delights in those who are hoping in him. We are relying on him for that provision. And church, listen, he has provided all that you need and more to enjoy and delight in eternity with God. And so the object, back to our main idea, the object of our thanksgiving this morning in these stories as we sing, but also this upcoming week, the object of our thanksgiving is a God who loves us deeply. Church, we can turn to him. We can turn to him in our brokenness. You can go to him even when it feels like he's not answering my prayer. He's not answering my prayer. I promise you he is there. He cares about the plants and the animals. He names the stars. He is abundant in power. His wisdom is beyond measure. He loves you and he wants you to come to him. And so we, we, we end here where we began and it's this in verse one, praise the Lord for it is good to sing praises to our God. It is pleasant and a song of praise is fitting. This week, as you go out, I mean, the rest of this morning as we worship and celebrate communion together, but this week as you have time off of work or time off of school, like kids, this is for you too, students, you're off of school this, maybe not this whole week, but a good part of the week, you've got some time. My challenge to you as Trevor talked about the Ebenezer, this, this rock behind you, is to actually take time and look back and even ask yourself this one question, and maybe write this down, where have I seen the Lord at work in my life just over this last year and just take some time to praise him for the great and mighty things that he has done in your life. So let me pray for you and we'll continue in worship. Father, we thank you that you want us to come to you. Like it's crazy, this God who names the stars, who puts the clouds in the sky and the rain comes down and feeds the plants and feeds the animals and provides for us God, you invite us to come to you. I, I pray for those of us in here this morning that are walking through a very difficult time that you would help us to take those steps. And Father, I pray ultimately that for those of us whose ultimate spiritual need is not met, those of us who don't have a relationship with you, God, that you would draw us to yourself. And God, thank you for your provision through your son, Jesus. That's in your great mighty name we pray, amen.